The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Buying a home? Selling your home? You've come to the right place. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamperin. We have a jam-packed show for you this morning because we're talking about the biggest topics in relation to real estate and your life when it comes to supply and demand, um, housing concerns in general, and how much is out there and how much is not out there. And we're also going to get into some recession talk because we've been hearing the R word for, well, a few months now. Is it coming? If so, when is it coming? And and what is it going to look like and how will it affect the housing market? We're also going to talk about a bunch of other things, including are there still some bargains out there when it comes to real estate? We'll get into Ontario's cottage country and how prices out there have taken a bit of a dip. We're also going to talk about a pretty pricey parking spot in Toronto. We'll also talk about housing in Canada and how we are at the bottom of the list when it comes to a certain category among G7 nations. And you don't want to be at the bottom of this list. The website to go to for the hottest listings in town. You want to get your listing on this website. That's robgolfi.com. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That just so happens to be the Golfi team. 905-575-7700. And wherever you look on social media, whether it is TikTok or Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, threads, the Golfi team is there. Check them out. Give them a like and a follow. And also for an instant home estimate, you're wondering what can my house go for on the open market? Go to golfyhomevalue.com. That website again is golfyhomevalue.com and you'll get a pretty good idea of where you stand. To begin the day as we usually do, the real estate life of one Rob Golfy. How's it been going? It's going pretty good. I mean, uh, for the summer market and the uh, economic times that we're in right now, um, it's moving uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, in, um, the one thing what we're experiencing a lot is that, um, I'm visiting people and they bought their house last year and they actually bought in February, March of 2022, which was like the peak of the peak. Like uh, you can't get any higher than that, that point there. And when it came to the prices of real estate and the, a lot of these people now they want to sell and, and, and I don't, and you try to explain to them, you know, look, you know, your house is worth less now than it was last year. And, uh, but if you're going to buy something else, that house is also worth less, but it does hurt the, the bottom line in their, in their, uh, equity because if, like I have this one, one couple, they, they called me in, they had their house listed previously and it didn't sell, but they bought this house for 1.2 million. And they had it listed for 1.3. And um, so anyway, it didn't sell. They call me up. I go there and their intentions was, yes, we're listing with you. Like they, they, they thought they're signing papers with me with, before I walked in, right? As I walked in, I'm looking at this house and I'm like, I go, guys, I, I, you know, I think you're even pushing at 1.1. Like, so there's already a hundred thousand dollar difference from what they paid to what I'm suggesting to list that, 
but it's it's a two hundred thousand dollar difference from what they had it previously listed. And you could tell they were like, really. And I said, I don't know what to tell you. Like I, I said, I, I this is something is the hardest thing for me to do. I'm just being straight up and, and transparent with you. I go, I know there's a lot of agents will tell you 1.2, 1.3, and that's what you want to hear, but you're not going to sell your house. And we're getting a lot of those. Like for some reason, there's an abundance of people now wanting to sell these houses that they bought early last year. And, uh, and it's tough. Some people are willing to take the loss and move on and just get it over with. But a lot, you know, a lot of people don't want to lose the money and, uh, and it's tough. It's a tough situation out there. And, and sometimes maybe that's all the equity they have and, and, and they can't move. And I tell them, stay where you are. And then some of them saying, well, I don't like where I am. I don't, you know, it's too far for me to drive and all that kind of stuff. And I just tell them straight out, like, I go, look, think about what you want to do. Maybe you want a second opinion. I, I offer the second opinion, get, you know, go somebody else and see what they say. And, uh, and if they give the same number that I'm giving, then, you know, I'm right. If they're giving you a high number, then get a third opinion. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and, but uh, and and uh, try to find two people that will 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 say the same number because there is a lot of realtors out there, and 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 I'm not discrediting them, but there are realtors out there will give you a high number, and then once they have you under contract, they will beat you up on the price after that, and that's not how I operate. I mean, we do list prices houses over uh, average price or uh, sorry, over uh, the uh, price of what the value is. We do list it, but that is because our client wants that price. Hmm. But we've got too many of those going on right now. So we are, you know, we're, we're saying, hey, listen, you know, it, it, we can't do too many of those anymore. It's just getting too much of inventory of overpriced listings. So in the scenario that you presented, this couple thinks their house is worth X and it's actually lot less than that in your, in your case, you know, one or 200 grand are are they just reaching at that point to try to recoup what they think they've lost in terms of the home value? Yeah. Like they just, they just want to, if they could break even, yeah. they'll be happy, but, but they're not going to break even. They're going to lose money. And, uh, it just, it's just the way it is. Like, I mean, I've got uh, a stock portfolio where I actually bought just before I bought high and, and it's down 26%. So now I'm going to make the choice whether do I sell the stock and, and take the loss and put the money in real estate because I know I can make that money better in real estate than I do just keeping that stock for, for another five years uh, or just write, you know, like again, just write it out in my stock, my stock or get out of it, take the loss and go on and, and buy something that's going to make me money. So I'm in that dilemma right now where I'm thinking about it and I'm willing to take the loss. I have no problem because I know I'm going to make it up elsewhere right. now. And that's what people have to do with real estate. They got to take the loss now and make it up on the other side. Uh, because if they stay where they are, where they don't like to be or where they're living and stay there, well, as time goes on, the other property is going to be uh, moving up in price too. And so what they're going to feel like is, okay, I can now break even on my house. Let's say it's two, three years down the road. Now I'm going to break even, but then the house they're buying and looking at, they're going, well, that's more expensive. Well, because that house is priced right. Your house is priced right now, which what you paid for, but that house, you know what I mean? It just, it, it adjusts. Uh, my, my thing is, uh, like, like my, my, my stock that I bought 26% down, not a problem. I'm willing to take the loss. I've accepted the fact 
and uh, and I'm just going to buy another uh, another property. And, and and whether the property goes up or down, the one thing about buying an investment property is is that you've got rental income coming in. If you're buying an investment, you got rental income coming in, so it's always covering the uh, the mortgage or or in the expenses on the house. Uh, the stock portfolio just sits there, right? But I know I'll, I know I will make it up on I will make up my uh, my my loss from the appreciation. So let so for instance, if you're buying let's say a five hundred thousand dollar house, and you're putting in let's say you put down twenty percent, let's say five a uh, hundred thousand dollars, right? So your investment's a hundred thousand dollars. In ten years, if that property doubles. Right, so it's worth a million. Right now, let's just say that there was no uh, mortgage. Uh, uh, the mortgage was paid, but let's say it was paid. But let's say so you got a hundred hundred thousand dollars in equity, but you just built another five hundred thousand dollars in equity. So basically, you you've got six hundred thousand dollars in equity there now after ten years, right? From that hundred thousand. But if you put a hundred thousand dollars into stock, and you wait ten years and it doubles, it's only $200,000 that you've made, like $100,000 you made. So you got your original 100,000 and then you've got your $100,000 appreciation. So do you see how you make more money in real estate? Like you're, you've got the whole purchase price of the property going up in value, not just your investment yeah. part. And in the, in the scenario and, that you presented as well, Rob, I mean, even if they hope to break even on the list price and, 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 you know, it, it compares with what they bought it for, you're also adding, you know, lawyer's fees and all the, you know, the taxes that go along with buying and selling a home. It's not really a break even proposition. They're probably still losing money. It, 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 you're absolutely right. It isn't a break even proposition, but in their mind, because of the sale price is the same, they feel that comfort that they sold for the same price. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're right. And, and, and I'll tell you that house that I mentioned that I said to put at 1.1, I don't think they're going to get that. I think they'll get maybe 1 million, 50,000, one, you know, one point like this house needs, um, you know, a lot of updating and, uh, it just, it's just the way it is. And they're, they're in a fantastic neighborhood, great neighborhood, but 1.1, I know I can generate an offer for them at that price, which, which is, you know, we're pushing it, but I think I know I can just because of the neighborhood and, and the law and everything else that, that it's in. Now, it, it, now, they have to think about, are they willing to do that loss? Now, here's the other kicker in that little story. They went and knocked on someone's door and, and put an offer on a house <laughs> that they like. Now, those people said, okay, if, you're willing, if you want my house, this is how much I want for it. So it might... They didn't give me too much information, but I think they're overpaying for that house. Oh, no. So now they're, it's a double whammy. Like, and I said, are you sure, you, you know, you're, you're paying the right price on that house? Cause just what they told me in those little it's and bits and pieces, I felt like, oh, these guys are just keep going and buying overpriced houses all the time. And I have no problem about that. Cause in the long run, you will win, but in the short run, yeah. it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, we got about uh, 30 seconds. Are there a lot of people in this boat or is it maybe a handful? How would you, how would you assess the, 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 the magnitude of this issue? There's a lot of people in this boat and a lot, I can't believe how many houses are going up for sale. And I always check the history as I'm going through seeing houses that are up for sale and I check history. Oh, they just bought 18 months ago. They just bought, they just bought like a, wow. And there's, 
I can't believe how many people are unloading. People are, are selling houses that they just bought a year and a half ago. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, it, it, it's it's an abundance of people. Yeah, I would imagine that the uh, the the interest rates and maybe mortgages renewing have a big part in that as well. We'll we'll get to that in in talking about whether or not uh, a recession is happening this year or next year, it, or if at all. We'll also get into cottage country in this province, and if you have a cottage property, what you can expect from a price point, and we'll also get into a pretty pricey parking spot. In Toronto. All that and more coming up here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back okay. to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Find them on the World Wide Web. RobGolfy.com is the website. Rob, G O L F I.com. Follow the Golfy team on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads. You name the social media platform, the Golfy team is dominating it with the hottest listings in town. And to get your listings on that list, you got to call the number one Remax team in Canada, the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. And if you're in the market for a luxury property, why not visit golfyluxury.com? Pretty sweet properties on that website. All right, let's get into the recession talk because for months now, we've heard that there's going to be a recession. We don't know when it's going to happen, how deep or dire it's going to be, but one is coming. We think. So, Rob, what have you been hearing on the street in terms of recession talk and how homeowners, home buyers, and home sellers are feeling about it? I, I think one is coming. And, um, and we haven't had one for 13 years. Like the last one we had was uh, the end of 2008 and 2009. And that was just a short little blip of a recession. I, I mean, a lot of people didn't even know there was a recession going on and there was a recession going on. Like developers and builders, they felt it. Uh, a lot of uh, corporate companies felt it. Um, but they, they, I do feel there is one. And usually recessions happen either in the early of the, the early parts of the year or the end of the year. Like so, the so early spring or late fall, mm-hmm. and that's when recessions happen. So, and I and I and I and it just. I don't know why they don't happen in the summer. I guess everybody's having a good time. Uh, let's, 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 let's leave that out of the <laughs> equation, I guess. So yeah. let's enjoy the summer. And then if we have to go through uh, a recession, let's, uh, let's do it in the fall or, uh, fall or, or spring. But a recession is when inflation increases, central banks raise interest rates, which we know they're doing to slow the economy with the goal of bringing down inflation. So that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to slow down inflation. Mm-hmm. But now what's happening is, is interest rates are rising. Okay. What causes that is people um, are renewing their mortgages and now it's dipping into the excessive cash that they have at the end of the month. And they're not able to go to restaurants, buy those little extra things that they want to buy. And, and what's it causing is an economic downturn where now let's say all these corporate stores, even Amazon's noticing it, uh, that they're not selling as much as they were before because people can't afford it. Mm-hmm. People can't afford those extra little things. And, uh, and, and, and it's starting to happen now. And usually I think it's, I think a recession, they consider recession is when there's two quarters that, uh, that, that has been a downturn. So 
the, I, my gut feeling is if, if it's not announced uh, this fall, it will be announced next year. Like, but I really truly feel that now in, in, in 1981-82 recession, the early, it was the early 1980s recession, 1981, the prime rate. Now you're not going to like, like a lot of people aren't going to believe this, but people that are older, they'll go, yes, I remember that. But the prime rate was 19.29. That was the highest prime rate during the earliest recession. That's insane. Now that's, it's amazing. That's like putting your house on a credit card. Can you imagine (laughs) that? That's crazy. So, so in 1990-92 uh, recession, so the, the prime rate in 1990 was pretty high at 14.06%. Hmm. That is crazy. That's even high. Like that was pretty high. That's the highest it was. Now, in 2008 and 9, at the end of 2008-9, that was a global financial crisis, uh, as they call it. Now, in 2008, the prime rate was at, uh, the highest point was at 6.23%. Now, um, currently the prime rate, I just went on, I went online. Uh, I think it was BMO and TD and stuff. They said, they said the prime rate now is 6.95 to 7.2. So we're hovering around like the 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, interest rate factor there. Now, now the, the one thing is, is, um, like it's been 13 years since we've had a recession and back in the old days, recessions happened every seven to 10 years. Now, like we're going long stretches without it. And I think it's because, you know, we're smarter uh, in government. Hopefully we got smart people in governments that are, that are running it. But, um, but yeah, there's going to be a downturn. Now, how is it going to affect real estate? Well, I'm still buying real estate. I'm working on a deal where I knocked on someone's door and uh, I asked them, are you interested in ever selling this place? I said, I'm not looking to get a listing. I want to buy your property. I, I want it. And, and not for, it, it was more of like a commercial, it was a, it's a commercial building. Mm-hmm. And, and I left a message and the guy says, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, so I had a meeting. So I had my second meeting with him just this past week. So now we've agreed on price. Mm-hmm. We've agreed on some terms. Now I just got to put it on paper. Now, am I afraid that we go into recession? No, because, you know, I know house prices double every 10 years. Even if I pay a little more money to this guy, I know I'm going to win at the end. And, and he won himself too. Uh, he like, so everybody, there's always meat on the bone for everybody down the line, but it's a long term investment. It's not a flip. It's not a short term. I'm going to invest a lot of money in renovating this place. I'm totally redoing the inside to make this look like a nice, good corporate looking uh, office that, that I want. So I don't know what the economy is going to be next year, but I do know that uh, a lot of people's mortgages are renewing and at the, and, and the interest rates are going to be double what they're paying. I know Canadians are very resilient. They're strong. They will survive it just like everybody did in the 90s and the 80s and all that. I mean, yeah, some people will not be able to handle it, but I think we're better and stronger. And, and I think we do have resources now that can help us help people make it through this uh, uh, level if there is a recession that comes in next year, which I do feel that I'm not, I don't want to be negative and, but I'm just being realistic and, and, and that's the reality of it. It's just the way the interest rates are going and the way the government's trying to slow inflation. And, and that's what the definition of a recession is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. 
I I wonder what the prime rate is going to top out at because it's been what 16 months. We've had 10 increases by the Bank of Canada, the most recent about a week or so ago, and we're at, you know, the the high sixes or or low 7 percentile range. Do you think we get anywhere close to 14 that we saw in the 90s or are we near the top, do you think? I I think we're near the top and I think and, and but the funny thing is real estate's still selling. People are out there still buying. I mean, not not at a high high degree, but houses are still selling. I my gut feeling is I think we might see maybe another, you know, quarter point in because they need to control it. They need to slow it down because if inflation keeps going, they it's it, it's not gonna be good for the economy. So they gotta try to, you know, give a punch to the to the economy. And that's why they did it over, they did it 10 times in the past year, just because they, they didn't want to do a sudden punch. Mm-hmm. They want it. They want, they want to slowly work, work out to that level. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't think we'll see, we'll never see 10. I don't think it'll go higher than seven and a half. I, I, I truly feel that we're pretty well almost topped out, if not topped out already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see maybe another quarter of a percent, if not later this year, maybe early next year, because I, I really feel, and I know we saw the uh, the inflation rate at 2.8%, which is getting close to that two percentile figure that the Bank of Canada wants to see. But when you look at core inflation, that's still at 4%. So that, you know, excludes those volatile things like fuel prices. Uh, and at the end of the day, we can't ignore food prices because they're also sky high as well, which is going to slow down spending. So I, I think that two percentile range for uh, the inflation rate will be realized maybe even in a month or so. So that'll be good news. But what the Bank of Canada does with that uh, is going to be interesting. Let's move on because I want to talk to you about cottage country prices, Ontario cottage country, because prices earlier this year took a big dip um, to the tune uh, in some in some areas as much as 60% lower year over year. Now, there has been a bit of a rebound in cottage country. Your sense, whether it's Muskoka or, you know, it's down in the Niagara area for those cottagers down there. How, how do you feel cottage country in, in terms of the real estate game? Are, are a lot of people still trying to get into those properties? People are still trying to get into those properties, but not as much as they were before. Now, what's happening is because of, it skyrocketed so much so because we had COVID. Yeah. People had nowhere to go. And they said, listen, we need, we, need, we need to do something. We can't just stay in our houses. So they figured if they bought a cottage and now they have the lake there, they can do boating or whatever they wanted to do, they still can have a life uh, you know, because of having a cottage. Well, look at me. I bought an RV during COVID. Like, like <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, I spent money, you know what I mean? Because I wanted to do something because get outside of this COVID thing. And so now um, these cottages, these people uh, that bought cottages, they're saying, hey, you know what? We can travel now. We can go around the world. Um, let's sell the cottage because maybe it was too much work for them. To me, I would not buy a cottage. It is too much work for me uh, unless I had somebody taking care of it there for me. But I, it's just, I, I don't even cut my own grass now, let alone trying to cut the grass at a, a, at a cottage every weekend. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, but, but the thing is, uh, the other thing is the interest rates are going up too. So yeah, a lot of yeah. people probably bought these cottages and now, and they bought them at 2% interest and now they're it's at five to 6% and they're saying, Hey, wait a minute. You know, we got this house, we got the cottage and we got payments on both. 
uh, we have to unload something. We can't we can't support both with uh, with the interest rate. So you got a combination of that. You got a com- you got a combination now. Anybody can go anywhere they want. So and you know it's the same thing. People pools were you know everybody wanted a house with a pool, but the cottage country I think is just readjusting itself. So let's basically say let's look at uh, prices from 2019 and get rid of 2020, 21, and 22. And basically we just lose those three years and that's where we're going back to. And that's where, and, and, it, and it'll start in, inflating from the 2019 and up prices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of real estate companies, that's what they're basing their numbers at. They don't look at 2021 uh, numbers. I think sometimes they're looking at 2020 and, 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 and they're looking at 2023 comparing them. They're not, they, they're skipping those two years in there because there, that, that was an anomaly, and yeah, it, and, so it, and and that's and it wasn't normal. It wasn't normal. Things went up, they went down, like in, in a course of two years, which was uh, crazy. Uh, I want to ask you. You brought up pools. Uh, I wonder how many people who bought homes because they really wanted a pool in the backyard are now regretting that decision because it's a lot of work. It, it, it is a lot of work, but if you got a saltwater pool, it's not that much work. Well, I don't know that because my wife takes care of it. <laughs> Hey, wait, wait a minute! You don't cut the that grass. Say, you're not tending that, to the pool. What is going say, on? She, she, like I, I show up. And everything's all done. I don't know how it happens. I ask her. She's a saint. <laughs> she takes care of everything. But uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, no. The, I, you know what? We love the pool. Uh, the kids come over. The grandkids come over. Um, it's fantastic, and uh, we enjoy. It. I think most people that put a pool in love it. Mm-hmm. They don't regret it. It pools are are a great backyard oasis without having to uh, own a cottage or anything like that. And you know what? And it's a great social thing because everybody seems to hang out at your house yeah, when you yeah. have a pool. So, it, so it's good. But pools, I'll tell you, before COVID, um, you would add maybe, uh, I don't know, three to $10,000 to the, the, the price of the house, depending on, you know, what, what size house it is. But now you can add a lot more money of value to the house because people are looking for houses with pools. Hmm. And, uh, and people that, you know, find a house and say, Hey, this is a beautiful house. Oh, look, it's got a pool. It's, it's even better. Like there's a bonus, even though they weren't looking for a house with a pool, they are, will love it even more. Pools are definitely a plus, uh, when you're uh, putting a house up for sale, people are looking for those and the values are, are pretty strong because of it now. Not, not like it was before COVID. Nice. If you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a house, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfie team, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Are there still bargains out there? Well, the Canadian Real Estate Association says, yeah, in fact, there's bargains everywhere, except for maybe places like PEI, And Newfoundland and Labrador, the only two provinces in Canada, according to CREA, that have seen increases across the board in terms of price comparisons this year as opposed to last year. So everywhere else, including here in Ontario, there are bargains. Are there bargains, Rob, still in Hamilton? Absolutely. You know what? You'd be surprised at some of the stuff that comes up. And you you just got to be patient and just look for it. And and like... It, it depends on the person. Like if they need a house right now and, and they, and they're looking and, and, and they keep looking, looking and looking. And sometimes they see a bargain and they, they kind of get like, 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 like shell shock. They like, like a deer in headlights. Oh my God, there's a bargain. I was like, Oh, what do we do? Like, you know what I mean? Jump on it. <clears throat> excuse me. Jump on it and get it. Do it. Like, don't, don't wait. Like, 
like go in and, and, and work the work a deal as fast as you can before somebody else does. Because if you think it's a bargain, bargain everybody else does. But and there are bargains that are happening in Hamilton, Burlington, Niagara. They there are out there. You just gotta be looking constantly. Have an agent and and like I see when I I look at stuff. I can't buy everything, but I do see bargains out there. I can't. Sometimes I'll call I'll call somebody and say, hey, uh, you got to take a look at this one. Like there was one. A house that came up for sale in Ancaster. Now, beautiful. This back down to the ravine. Everything was done to the nines. It was a lot of money. It was like, I think it was like $3 million. Like, okay. And I, I did a walkthrough. It was an agent open house. And I walked through this house. And I called all the agents that I knew that deals with high-end homes on my team. I said, hey, listen, you got any clients for this house? This is a gorgeous house. I go, you, you, you try to find a buyer for this thing because I, this is, this is going to go fast. And it did. It sold within five days. Gone. There was a bargain there. Absolutely. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about a pricey parking spot in Toronto. We'll also get into the the housing plan in Canada. What is the plan and how do we rank uh, in comparison to other G7 nations when it comes to house availability? That and more coming up on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. You are listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling the number one Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfy team, 905-575-7700. To get your listing on the website with the hottest listings in town, you got to go to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And they're all over social media, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, Threads, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. The Golfi team dominating the social media scene. If you have a topic idea or a question for Mr. Golfi, we'll address it on a future program. Just send them an email, questions at robgolfi.com. All right, I'm not sure how much money you would pay for a parking spot, Rob, in downtown Toronto, but there is one listed for a pretty penny. Now, there are some spaces in Toronto that go in the you know $100,000 a year range, which is a lot of money for a parking spot. You can, you can get a sense of how how valuable this, this um, piece of property is in terms of parking your vehicle. But there's one in particular that apparently has broken a record for being the highest price point for a parking spot. one hundred seventy nine nine. That's $179,900. That's a lot of money. In fact, more than the average price of a home in the 80s. How much would you pay for a parking spot? I don't know if I would pay for a parking <laughs> spot at all. Like I, like in Toronto, I, it must be, there must be an issue with parking. But here's the biggest problem. When uh, you developers are uh, putting a plan together to build a condominium complex. Now, the city allows, let's say, let's say there's going to be 400 units in there. Well, okay. If there's going to be 400 units, there's a chance there's going to be, let's say one and a half person living in each, in each unit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say there's 600 people going to live in that building or maybe eight, 800, but they only have enough parking spots for probably like, they might make it maybe for 400 or 500 parking spots. So, the, so there's a shortage of like maybe two, 300 parking spots. Now in Toronto, that's fine. Cause a lot of people, don't 
drive in Toronto because there's, you know, you got transit, you got uh, Uber, you got taxis, you got, you got everything there, subways. So a lot of people don't have cars there. And then I know my, like my cousin one time, he, when he lived in Toronto for, for about uh, four years, five years, he kind of let his license lapse because he didn't need a car when he was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, he lives back in Burlington. He, he's got his license. So, and they're doing the same thing locally here. And now they're making a mistake because why are they building these condo buildings with not enough parking spots? Yeah. And that's what's causing this. They're not building them. And I, I wouldn't buy a condo unless I have a parking spot. Cause I'll tell you something down the road. It's, it's going to be harder, especially if you're in the Hamilton, uh, Niagara region. You need a park. Everybody, you need, like, we don't have, like, downtowns like Toronto, um, but we have, like, but, but if you're in Hamilton, Niagara, Kitchener, Waterloo, Barrie, and everything, and let's say they build a, a, a complex of 400 units and they're only putting 200 parking spots, I'm not, I mean, I'm not buying it unless I have one or two parking spots. And, it, like, every household's usually got a couple living in there, so you need two parking spots. Where are you going to park the other car? Down the street, around the block? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you won't be parking in this spot because it's a, it's actually more than $179.9 because it also, you also have to pay $300 a year in property tax for this parking spot, and there's also a $94.90 per month fee for maintenance oh. of this park. How are you spending $95 for maintenance on a parking spot, I'm not sure. So the grand total, I know. when you put in the per month fee, the property tax, is $181,338.80 for this parking spot. That is obscene. It is. It is. I wouldn't touch it. Not, not, not. I wouldn't even buy, I, I, I wouldn't have bought a condo in that building unless I had yeah. a, a one or two parking spots already with, with the deal. Absolutely. One more thing before we go to break. The majority of parents in this country and this is no surprise. They're worried about their kids' financial future. This is according to a survey by TD Bank Group that shows 58% of Canadian parents say they often feel distressed about their child's financial future. You can count me in that 58%. And I think that's a low number. I thought it was going to be way more than 80%. Uh, you're absolutely right. It, it is a To me, I think it is a low number. And, uh, I, you know, people just, you know, when they're doing these surveys, but but people are worried. People are worried. Even kids that are born today, like like how how are kids going to be able to afford to buy a house? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like we look at like I remember town, townhouses, townhouses back that were worth about ninety thousand dollars. I remember buying one as an investment for ninety. Was it ninety five or ninety thousand dollars? And now those townhouses are going for like six hundred thousand. And th- this is not that long ago. Maybe. Maybe 15 years ago, but still, like, like, look how much that co- townhouse complex went up in value. Wow. Now, now, if you have a, let's say a townhouse right now, 600000 20 years from now, could that be worth $3 million? Isn't that insane? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like it, it could be worth 2 and a half to $3 million. And we're talking uh, an old townhouse that has, doesn't have a, par- uh, your parking is a general parking in front where, like, there's a parking lot. There's no garage. And, but it will happen. It is going to happen. And you got to find a way to save money for these guys because it, because they're behind the eight ball since the day they're born. Yeah. Another part of this survey is that 70% of Canadian parents don't feel very prepared to support their kids' financial literacy at home. And we know that 
you know, the government, at least in this province, is trying to do a little bit to improve the financial literacy of kids in school. Finally, we never had it when we were in school, and I know Robbie didn't have it either. It is a, a huge component of uh, that we have to address in terms of improving the financial literacy of the next generation because they're going to need it. One more break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about housing in this country and how Canada compares to others in the G7. That's next on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Last go round on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you this morning, as is Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team, the number one Remax team in Canada. Call them today to get your house sold at 905-575-7700. Get their massive marketing machine behind you at robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you can follow them on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Facebook, you name the social media platform. They are on it. Let's get into housing because we know that there's not a lot of it available in this country and not a lot of them are being built both of those uh, items have to change. We have to boost the supply in this country because um, when it comes to G7 nations, so it's us, the U.S., the U.K., uh, Japan's in there, Germany, France, uh, we're at the bottom of the list, surprise, surprise, when it comes to housing units per 1,000 population. So for every 1,000 people in all these countries, we have the lowest amount of homes up for grabs, 424 per 1,000 people. That's not a lot. France is number one at 540, which doesn't seem like a big difference, but it is when you consider they're at the top of the list, we're at the bottom. Rob, we we just need more supply. We do. Like, I, I mean, the population has been growing faster than the supply of housing, and it's it's insane. And um, like, like, and what, um, I guess, you know, everybody's on the on the tour right now. Like uh, Pierre Pavelier, I guess. Did I say his last name right? Pierre, Pol- Pierre Pavelier. Pavelier. Anyway, he's he is uh, uh, bringing in saying in cities that don't increase building permits by fifteen percent a year, they will lose their federal grants. I mean, this is a this is a, a campaign thing that he's doing. Yeah. Cities must lower costs for building permits, and he's absolutely right about that. They must drop the cost of building permits, and hopefully, that will get passed down to the, uh, to the, to the buyer, but the, and then he's mentioning, and this is him saying in the campaign, he says, we need six, we need 6 million, 6 million homes built by 2030, or is that 6 million homes? I don't know. But anyway, there, we are so far behind. And I mean, we've been saying this and, and I, I like what he wants to, to bring to the table to, you know, make more affordable housing. The only way you're going to make affordable housing is when you got more houses out there and, mm-hmm. and we don't. And we're so far behind that. Uh, but so it looks like he's, I mean, I mean, housing is, is the top subject of every politician out there. Um, let's hope that, um, that they do implement something to make it uh, for these builders to start building and people to come to the table and start buying these houses. It'll, it'll decrease the rent. It'll decrease the, uh, you know, uh, uh, monthly rent. It'll also decrease uh, housing prices. We just need it. We need an abundance of it, and we don't have it. Yeah, I mean, the the genesis of his plan, or at least the, the main thrust, is hey, we just need more. Which I don't think anybody can deny, and anybody can argue that we yeah we need more supply, and that is going to have a trickle down effect in terms of pricing. 
the the you know some ideas he has too are a little kind of odd, including you know selling fifteen percent of the federal buildings. There's thirty seven thousand federal buildings in this country, which is a lot. But he wants to convert those into affordable housing units. I'm not sure how viable that is. Plus. You're also losing kind of revenue that these federal buildings bring in. But but here's an idea in terms of boosting the supply. And it goes along the lines of, you know, uh, getting two birds with one stone is if you build more rental units in, let's just say, this city, for example, would that not have a beneficial outcome in terms of lowering the cost of a home? Because your first point of entry into the housing market is, is you know, 99 times out of 100, you're going to go into a rental property. That's going to open up a space in a home, I would think, for someone to move into that property. And would that have a lowering on the price point, do you think? Absolutely. Um, and and Leona is doing that right now. I think they've got a couple apartment buildings. They're uh, currently building downtown Hamilton right now. And which is going to which is going to help the, the, the rental uh, prices in, in the downtown core. Um, and, and, but, but it's, they're, they're racing to get these things done because they need it. And, but it's too, but it, it but it, it took too long for them to do it and not, not Leona, but the government yeah. offering incentives yeah. for this now, because there's a, a, a shortage of rental houses, the government now saying, Hey, we've got to need this. So now they, they, they got rid of the rent control. That's why they're all being built right now. Uh, and you're going to see a lot more being built. And uh, so now these buildings, um, I mean, the way to control it is the more you build, that's how the rent will, rent prices will come down. Yeah. But right now we have to pay the price that people that are renting until those are built. And, and once there's an abundance of it, then, then you can shop around and say, hey, this apartment building's got like 100 units empty. I, I can negotiate my rent now and uh, or I'm going to leave. You know what I mean? So, so it's it's uh but it's going to be a while before we get to that point it's going to be a while like and uh it's uh and so rent rental uh prices are out there going to be up for for at least another two to five years yeah that is bad news certainly for a lot of renters out there you can listen to our show online through spotify itunes google podcast stitcher and many more just search for the golfy real estate show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode rob another fantastic program and thank you for listening to the golfy real estate show we're back next saturday at nine on 900 chml the proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.